Today's scripture reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born in Bethlehem? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. We had When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with their mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Good morning and a happy Sabbath to you all. I love the Christmas time, and, and this was a lovely reading for a Christmas season, but a passage today is found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Still enjoyed it very much, though. <laughs> but before we open God's Word, let's have a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as you join us at this moment of the hour, ignite my thoughts and mind. May the Spirit come upon me, and may you touch each and every one of us this morning. We need you, God, so desperately. We need you to open our hearts and change us. Please do so. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles or any other gadget that, you know, iPhones, iPads, any other thing. We don't even scroll through the pages anymore. We kind of just tap the, the screen, right? But whatever thing you might use to get to your scripture, let's open together Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. And this is what we read. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat The paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And then in verse 11, we we read after having a dialogue with the Pharisees, this is what Jesus says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Or I want to start with a little story. Now, my four-year-old son, is this working? My four-year-old son loves to read stories. How about you guys? 
So yesterday we were in the library, we got like 10, 10 books, and this morning we were for an hour sitting in our bed, lying in our bed and reading uh, books. And this is one of his favorite stories, and I want to share it with you this morning. Um, it's called Animal Strike at the Zoo. There's an animal strike at the zoo, it's true, the headlines are telling it all. The animals quit, that's it. We're through, say all credits from biggest to small. And I think we might find ourselves in this story somewhere. We paid only peanuts, the elephant shout, and goodness, we're bigger than that. So now they won't trumpet or lumber about, they sit in the shade looking fat. <laughs> the monkeys won't monkey around anymore, you won't see us climbing again. They wallow the big monkey lumps on the floor. We want a nice pool in our pen. Who wouldn't want a pool, right? <coughs> the leopards aren't prowling, the wolf packs aren't howling, the tigers aren't growling, the otters are scowling. Hey, God. Okay, that would help. See? The others are scowling. Egad, the worst has come true. The animal, the, there's an animal strike at the zoo. The, some of us are not meant to wear these, you know. <laughs> the zebras are looking like horses today. They painted their stripes in, you see. We're all sick and tired of eating this hay. Our good looks do not come for free. <laughs> the silly giraffes are not any better. You won't see our necks anymore. They're knitting themselves lots of turtleneck sweaters, which go from their heads to the floor. I would love to go to a zoo like this, yeah. Business these days is as slow as can be. Folks go to the circus instead. Nobody wants to pay money to see the animals lying in bed. The lions aren't roaring, the eagles aren't soaring, the penguins aren't snoring. It's all rather boring. What can the zookeeper do? There's an animal strike at the zoo. He really is doing the best that he can. The elephants are all got a raise. Instead of just peanuts, they now eat pecans, and he offered them six-hour days. <laughs> the monkeys were given a small kiddie pool, and he's feeding the zebras sweet oats. But the monkeys complain that the water is cool, and the zebras demand root beer floats. <laughs> then, in through the gate walks sweet little Sue. She just can't believe that she's here. She's always wanted to come to the zoo, and she's begged for this trip for a year. But no birds are peeping, no lizards are creeping, no bunnies are leaping. The poor, then poor Sue starts weeping. Her heart is broken in two by the animal strike at the zoo. <laughs> right? As the steers start to streak down her cute, rosy face, the animals watch the, that wee child... A deep hush of sadness falls over the place. And then they go wild, right? Without making any different animal noises. With roaring and peeping and howling and growling, all critters from biggest to small start soaring, creeping and leaping and prowling. Then little Sue laughs at them all. And all of the animals find out that they, they actually like what they do. The zookeeper calls the reporters to say, Hooray! No more strike at the zoo. But... The bear at the circus won't pedal his bike. Ooh, he says he's on strike. <laughs> and as funny as the story is, 
the reality of the situation is that often we feel not appreciated. Isn't that true? We feel that we don't matter. And to you, Pathfinders, today, uh, if you forget everything I said, apart from the mishap we've had with the mic, I want you to remember one thing, is that, that you matter. You matter to God, and you can make a difference. And being a follower of Jesus is a challenge sometimes. We make it all nice and hunky and dory, but often it's very hard. And Mark 2 Verses 1 to 5 speak of such a story. Actually, it's one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. Because it's a story of perseverance. It's about true grit. It's about doing whatever it takes to get to your goal. And let's look at the story closely. And let's look at it word by word. Because it says that a few days later, when Jesus again came to Capernaum, the people heard that he came home and they wanted to see him. He was a celebrity. People wanted to be around Jesus because he made a difference. He could make miracles happen. He did things that nobody else could. It was a must-see thing in town. And everybody gathered. Everybody had a different agenda why they came there, but they were there. They wanted to see Jesus. He was from here. He was their own. They wanted to see who this man really was. But among all these people, there were some men who brought their paralytic friend. There was four of them, and they carried him. We don't know how far it was. It could have been very far. And their legs must have been aching from all that carrying. Blisters on their hands. But they were driven. They had a purpose. And point number one I want to highlight this morning is these men had a purpose. What was their purpose? They cared. They cared so much that they wanted their friend to walk like they walked. They wanted everybody to stop ridiculing this man who was, by the customs and the culture that he lived in, deemed as somebody who was not following God's commandments. And whatever happened to him, was just. He was in his predicament in his state because he was a sinful man. And his friends knew better than that. His friends knew who he was and they wanted Jesus to make things right. Isn't this amazing that while everybody came for, 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 for different reasons to see Jesus, that these men, even though they have never seen Jesus before, they had so much faith in him that they were willing to do no matter what it takes to see Jesus and to get their friend to him. Not only did they ha- care, they had this huge faith in the one that they did not really know, but believed that he could help. Amazing story. It's, as I say, it's one of my favorites. And, and, and they must have had heavy feet and they were hurting, but it was nothing compared to what they anticipated that Jesus could do. I remember when I was in high school, and even earlier than that, and I would do, run track and field. When there was no ball around, I would have to do track and field. And I was running in a race for my school. And I was winning, and I was so excited I was going to win. But there was a guy in the race who was a cross-country runner, and he paced himself really well. And by, as we were coming into the last lap, I was huffing and puffing and I was aching and I hit the wall and I wanted to stop. And he just cruised past me by, by me and he just won the race. And I was now struggling just to finish it and I somehow finished the race. But I didn't pace myself and I was aching for five days after that because I did not train for the race. 
But the accomplishment that I achieved, and that was to finish the race, was so much more greater than, I, than all the pain that I suffered. And that's exactly what these men felt. Because apart from the purpose, which was to care and to have faith in God, they also, number two, they, were, they had perseverance. They were ready to persevere no matter what. And this is the highlight of the story for me. Because what happens? They come to the actual place where Jesus is. The house is here. The people are here. Actually, the scripture tells us that they could not get close to the house. Have you ever been in a place where it's so packed that you cannot even move? And what amazes me about this story is if it was me, he said, we'll come next day. Jesus will probably come here next year. Was that them? No. They persevered. They couldn't get close to the house, so they figured they would go around the stairs on the side of the house. Somehow they pushed their way through there. They probably had their friend high up in the air, and they somehow climbed up the stairs to the roof. But that didn't help really, did it? Because there was a roof. There was no way to get to Jesus. And to have the audacity to do what? Whatever it takes. They dig a hole in the roof. I'm, I'm sure the owner didn't appreciate it. But they dug the hole in the roof. They, they, whether it was out of mud, or dry mud, or it was a, a, a clay, or even, even some hay, whatever it was made of, they dug a hole, they got their hands dirty. They were in pain, but it was time to get dirty to help somebody they cared about. Friends, in order to make a difference in the world, it'll take sometimes heavy feet. It'll sometimes take getting dirty. Because the easiest thing is to write a check, isn't it? But to spend time to sacrifice what you have in order to help someone else is a difficult thing to do. Yet they were ready to do whatever it takes to get their friend to Jesus. And they persevered. They dug a hole big enough so they could lower him down to Jesus. At that moment, everybody gasped. What in the world are they doing? How dare they go through the roof? But they had a goal. And the goal was to see Jesus. Friends, if we are determined enough to see Jesus, there is nothing that can stop us from getting to Him. And the scripture tells us that as they lowered the man down, this is what Jesus said. And this is the key to the whole story. Because often we see the faith of people who come to Jesus and God heals them. But here Jesus says, quoting, Because of the faith of what? Who? Friends. Jesus saw their faith and their commitment to the cause that it just touched his heart so deeply that he did what? He healed their friend. But what did he do first? He says, son, your sins are forgiven. It's interesting that God always looks inside us. He knew that this man was hurting from the outside, that he was probably in this state throughout his years, maybe for many years, maybe from the moment he was born. But he also knew that this man needed healing within. And it is first that that he gives him. I, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. You're a new man. Sure, you can walk, verse 11. I tell you, get up, take your mat and walk. It's only a word that God speaks and a man listens. It is a command in three stages that is given to him. Get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man believes. 
But the four men who were with this man, number three, is first we said they had a purpose. Number two, we said they, they persevered. Then number three is they felt God's touch. Because even though themselves they were not paralyzed physically, they needed healing and transformation themselves. And can you imagine if you were one of those that, that all your dreams, all your ideas and the pictures that you had of Jesus were not only um, became a reality, but they were overpassed because God did so much more that day for them than they expected. Jesus touched their lives. He changed all of them completely. Can you imagine their walk home? Them coming to their houses and their homes and their villages and sharing what they saw that day. The men believed that Jesus could help. They wanted to see with their own eyes what Jesus was all about. They've heard about him. And nothing was going to stop them. Jesus was their goal. Is sharing Jesus with, with others our goal? They had so many obstacles in front of them. And I often feel guilty reading this story because as a church we would have stopped a hundred times with valid excuses not, why not to go on, right? There's too many people. The stairs are too high. What can I do? There's a wall in front of me. But nothing, no obstacle was bigger than their wish to see Jesus. And when men saw Jesus, and they saw their friend healed, they were not the same. They were changed forever. Wow. So practically, what do we find or can take out of this story for us, Pathfinders? There are three things that you've got to get out of this story. And if you forget everything we said this morning, these are the three things. And not just the Pathfinders, all of us should take. Number one is that we matter. We matter so much to God that as we had the other scripture read, how, how nice it, it comes out into the equation now, is that Jesus came to this world for us. If you were the only one in this world... Jesus would have come. Can you understand that? How, how great that is? And these men knew that they mattered. And they wanted their friend who was paralyzed to feel that he matters as well. And because they understood that they mattered, they were willing to go on this journey with their friend so that he would matter too. And the moment we understand that we matter, we are able to share Jesus with others. We can tell others and share with them that they matter as well. So number one is we matter. Number two is we can make a difference. Don't anybody ever tell you that you cannot make a difference? Because every single time we step out for Jesus, we're making a difference. These men had a goal and a purpose, and they wanted to see Jesus themselves. And number three is God wants, He desires to touch us. It's wonderful when people talk about conversions and how God loves us and that Jesus touches people. I want to feel that, don't you? I want to experience Jesus touching me. It's, it's wonderful listening to stories. I want a story. I want Jesus to be real in my life. God 
touch those men. It is by understanding that we matter. It is by making a difference for God that Jesus comes into our lives and He touches us. And by helping others, we are blessed ourselves. And that's what's amazing about this story because these men came with a strong faith, yet they did not expect what they saw. And they left changed completely forever because they saw Jesus touch them too. Jesus used something that they could see to show and prove something that they could not see. And that he is not just a healer. He's not just any other ordinary man. He's a God who came to this world to save us. I'd like to finish with a story. In 1998, uh, just before I went to uh, college, I needed some extra money. I was still in Croatia. So I went to work uh, for some masonry guy. And we were doing tombstone carving and things like that. And I was one of those associates who would bring all the... Uh, delicate things that were done uh, around the gravesite. Not because I was the weakest, but I, I just had a touch because some of the other guys just had huge fingers, right? So I was carrying all these things and, and I was told to go and, and for, for lunch to go around where we were working past an uh, army base and to our car and fill up the water, get some drinks going so that people were really thirsty who were working. Okay, so I came down, I, I, I went past the army base, and I, as I was passing down the, the, the entrance gate of the army base, I got really confused because at the entrance of the gate, I saw a car. Now, it was one of those Yugos, I don't know if you know former Yugoslavia, the really, really small cars, and um, I was puzzled because we never park our car there. I looked at it. It looked exactly as ours. I opened the back door. We had a couple of bottles there. The bottles were there. I looked inside. The, 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 the patterns of the seats, they're all the same. The keys were in the, car, in the ignition. It was our car, but who didn't move it? So I, came, I went into the car, and I was about to turn the engine on, and then the soldier who was watching, the watch, watchman came and said, What are you doing? He was around my age, probably even younger a couple of years. And, and I was confused. He was confused. I said, this is, this is, I'm moving the car. You're not allowed to move the car. Why? Why? Whose car is, is this? I go, well, my, my, my owner's car. Your owner's car? He got really confused. Move it out of the way quickly. So I got into the car. I drove it past the, the base. And I parked it next to, on the parking lot next to our car. <laughs> At that moment, I turned to my right side and I saw four or five crazy, angry um, soldiers with the general running towards me, swearing and pointing their guns at me. This is a true story. I said when I came to L.A. I should have gone to Hollywood. We could have made a good uh, parody of this. But anyway, so what happened was I was in shock. I was like 18. And I'm like, oh no. And I just finished my driving license. I just uh, passed the driving license just a few months before that. Now this is, the reason I'm saying that, there was an there was a ele electric pole or something there, a huge one, and I parked in front of it. But as they told me to bring the car back, because I didn't want to have much of a discussion with them, because they were like, they were all over me, you know. But luckily there was a, a gate, so they were on the gate shouting, screaming with guns. I said, I'm coming, I'm coming. So I turned the ignition on, and just as I was about to turn the engine on, 
my my car kind of bounced forward and hit the just to make things more interesting, right? <laughs> the thing was that the only difference, be- two differences between our car and this car was the license plate. And there was also a button next to the ignition that you had to press on this Yugo before you turn it on so it doesn't kind of jump start. I knew that after the accident. <laughs> so I brought the car back and I had a lot of explaining to do. Why I took it. Why did you take the car? Because it was our car. No, it wasn't. Look, didn't you see the car keys in? Same as ours. Did you see? Same as ours. And luckily we got something sorted out and I had to pay for damages. But it kind of taught me a good lesson. And that is that I did not really know our car well enough, did I? As it looked identical to the one we had, yet the license plate was totally different. Friends, in order to follow Jesus in order to feel and understand that we matter, in order to, to have the strength to persevere, and in order to feel the touch of Jesus, we need to know Jesus. Without knowing the license plates, we will make mistakes like I did. It makes a good sermon story, but that's about it. <laughs> so let us care and have faith and have a purpose in everything that we do. Let us, let us persevere without stomp, stopping because we know the one we believe in that if we go and reach out to him, we will be changed because when we touch Jesus, when he touches us, we will not leave his presence the same. I want to end with two passages at the end. One is found in Philippians 4.13 and you know this one really well. What is it? I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me, who gives us the power. God does, doesn't it? It's Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. We read, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. May God give us power. May God give us perseverance. May, give, may He give us a clear vision that we may always follow Him because once we do that continuously, we will have many stories of Him touching our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. May you care for those around you. May you go with faith strongly and boldly for Jesus. May you persevere no matter what an obstacle might be in front of you so that you may see him, you may be touched by him, and changed forever. That is my prayer for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen.